Hi, it's episode 30, season 3 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, host of the first time, long time podcast, Aaron Wolf. Hey. And Mark Stoll. Hello. Right, uh, Southampton, that was difficult work. Indeed. That was, that was, yeah. a, that was a rough one. We got the three points, which is, I suppose, the main thing. But um, first half, I mean, I, we were the better team. But I, what the hell were, were we doing second half? The, uh, think, go ahead. I think I think they they improved. They changed. They improved. They started um, biting into us a little bit more. Uh, was it Romelu? or whatever, was, was really getting involved in there. And we just kind of, I think we slowed down a little bit in the fir- in the final third as well. But, you know, Southampton are a good team. We know this. I think they're better than what their league position suggests. And um, we know they don't give up, as they showed in the final the other week. So it wasn't easy, but they didn't have a whole bunch of chances either. They had a hell of a lot of uh, offsides, thanks to Shane Long. But uh, other than that, they didn't have a, a lot of chances either. So it was just nerve-wracking. That we got the third goal, it would have been a different different situation. Yeah, it was a it was a squeaker. I mean, there was also they had a penalty shot. They could have easily that easily could have been called. Uh, it would be a different pod for sure had it gone the other way. Um, but it's the classic, right? Tale of two halves. Um, we seem to re- recede a little bit, um, and they turned it on. And um, I'm sure we'll come on to it. But I thought, I thought, um, I don't know. What did you guys think of, of the substitutions? Um, I thought, that, okay, so Winks. I thought when he came on um, again, as as as, he's in, as um, he has recently, very impressive. Um, I was surprised that he didn't come on for Dembele because I thought towards the end of the match Dembele was tiring and I was surprised that we took off Son who, uh, whether he's a striker or not is, a, is another matter but he was he was our centre forward, he was our striker so when, when we took him off I was like, well this is interesting who's going to play up front um, uh, who else did he bring on? Um, Trippier for Walker, I think that was an injury I presume and Janssen right at the very end I guess he did what was required of him at that point in the game he held the ball up he won a free, few free, 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 free kicks um, yeah yeah I, I, I felt that I was surprised it took so long for Janssen to come on I wasn't surprised he didn't start but when Southampton started to come out of their half and, and um, push forward more and more and more I felt like we were lacking somebody to hold the ball up a little bit, and and um, 
sort of control control the game um, in our in the attacking third. And I thought when he came on, you know, for the short minutes that he got, I thought that he did exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, it would have been nice to see him get a few more minutes after after he finally, you know, got his. But um, that was my main that was my main surprise. Well, we'll talk about the whole Son Janssen um, thing in a minute. Um, should just come to Mark. Mark, what was your take on the substitutions? Oh, we lost Mark. <laughs> okay, that was. He good. felt strongly about them. He told me. <laughs> um, okay, let, let's. Well, while we wait to get Mark back, um, we had a question from Richard Healy. He says, "Did Son show enough up front to continue with Kane's replacement?" Um, he goes on to say, "Personally, against some opposition, I'd like to see Jansen start and get hauled off if." if he played like a sack of spanners rather than just giving him five minutes and hoping for the best. Um, and when he just goes on to say, well done today, very professional come and use Spurs. Yeah. Son, I, you know, I, I didn't think he had a great game today. Um, I'm not surprised that he started. I think he's earned the right to start over Jansen. Um, I think we might have seen more of the similar form that we had seen with Kane up front had had Jansen started just because of the shape that he would allow us to play in. Um, so it's a tough one, right? Yeah. Uh, I I I I agree. I agree with Richard that I, I don't think giving Jansen five minutes at the end of the game is going to do anything for him. Um, it's certainly not going to do anything for his his confidence. And I think I, I mentioned it last time when. When he does seem to come on, he's either got five minutes to burn out at the end of the game or he's been given a, a brief run once we've got the game completely in the bag. And either way, he's not getting the opportunity to show what he's truly capable of or get to play with um, you know, the 11 that, 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 or the other 10 that, that could sort of feed him the way he needs to be fed. So did Sun, has Sun shown enough? Yes. Does that warrant him to start? Yes. Uh, I would have love to see Jansen get 30 minutes at the end of the yeah. game. No, I mean, I, I agree. I think, I think you, you can't... Jansen can't, or any striker can't um, be expected to show what they can do um, within, you know, with only five minutes uh, remaining of, of a match. He, he needs a run of games. But 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 at the moment, do you start him ahead of, ahead of Sun? Sun's got a hat-trick. No. Sun has been, has scored, has played a lot more this season, scored more goals. Um... It's, it's self-evident that we missed Kane today. Um, that goes without saying because we, you know, we missed his aerial ability. We missed his ability to hold the ball up. Um, all of which probably not to the same level, but certainly Jansen could have done those things better than Son um, in the sense that he's he's more a conventional striker that can play with his back face to goal. Um, Son started. Um, I felt that at times he just. I, I don't think we saw the best of him because I think I think he's at his very best when he's either on the left or the right and he's running at people mm-hmm. and he can come into either uh, sorry cut in on either foot and 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 take shots at goal goal. Sometimes he's he's selfish. Sometimes he'll run into blind alleys. Sometimes his shots will go into rosettes. But other times it's quite effective. I think today he just didn't feel he didn't look look like a centre forward. Um, 
we'll, we'll obviously talk about Burnley later on in the pod. But Aaron, if if you were going to start Son or Janssen in that next match, who would you go for? Yeah, I uh, I think in the next match at this point, I I think it would be I think against Burnley, um, I would start I would start Janssen, um, and I would have Son play alongside him. And um, I'd like to see how that works. I'd like to see I'd like to see how that partnership could could emerge. And um, I think it made sense against Southampton. I think Burnley's they're in terrible form. I think we should turn them over easily. And I think uh, I think Jansen ought to get a chance to you know silence some critics. Um, but but mostly I think just Sun like you said is more is looks more effective looks more dangerous when he's not the t- the focus of the attack and he's coming in from the side and uh, Jensen would allow him to do that. So how about you? Um, I would I would go with with Sun. Um, I think if we drop Sun, um, well uh, sorry you, you you suggested playing both of them together. I, I wouldn't go with that. Because it would mean dropping somebody else in the team, and I'm sort of struggling to think who who you would who you drop. I wouldn't drop Sun altogether. I'd start him, but if it doesn't, if if it's not working out, then I would bring on Janssen a lot earlier earlier on in the match, um, and and just just give him give him a bit a bit a bit more time. Um, yeah, we need Kane to get back. I think that's, that's the bottom line as quick, quickly as possible. Um, uh, not not related to football today, but um, I, I've just got to get this off my chest. So I was in the West Upper today, and um, I hadn't had any lunch. I was hungry, and they did they did uh, in the West Upper. They they unlike the South Lower, they did smoke salmon and bagels, but they also had um, some nachos. Um, and I've never seen nachos at Spurs, and I thought oh, that looks nice. So I ordered some nachos, um, and um, they put cheese on top. Right, and it tasted disgusting. It tasted <laughs> awful. It just tasted the most revolting, vile thing that you could ha- ever have. So, all these people that go on about White Hart Lane and uh, getting all nostalgic and, and this, that, and the other. Right, the sooner we get the hell out of White Hart Lane and move into a new stadium where everything's new and it's proper catering and proper food, the better. Okay, because I'm not feeling particularly well after eating those crappy nachos. Um, and if I'm not at work tomorrow. Uh, my employees will know why. Um, Spurs are to blame. Um, they were they were horrible. It, it didn't even taste of cheese. It was something. Oh, it was just disgusting. Um, well, you know, the, isn't there going to be like a cheese plate on offer in the new stadium with yeah, with uh, yeah yeah with your 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 side of caviar and, and yeah. whale fat or whatever. I mean, uh, those. The thing is, I mean, you know. I feel like we've 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 talked about this before, and I, I know you're of the opinion that progress is always good, but um, you know, two or three years from now, you'll be missing that horrible cheese-like substance. You'll be thinking, just remember the days when we had terrible cheese on the nachos. No, it wasn't it wasn't kids. Um, we've got you back, Mark. Yeah, I'm back. Okay, I'm back. Um, Right. Any other talking points from 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 t- today's game? I mean, we just looking at the results around us. Obviously, um, Woolwich lost yesterday, which is quite amusing. Man City dropped points again today against Liverpool. So now we're we remain second. 
two points ahead of Man City. Um, some matches left. Uh, three ahead of Liverpool. And they've played a game extra. Seven ahead of United. They've got a game in hand. And nine points ahead of Woolwich. Mind the gap. Um, we had a we had a question. So I'm digressing slightly from from today's game, um, but that's a nine point lead now over over Woolwich. Okay, they've got a game in hand. Um, we had a question on the running order. If I can find it, uh, Jacob Cox, Cox says, um, seeing our scummy South London neighbours challenging for seventh, who wants to change the? 21st of May to St. Venger's Day. <laughs> I hope he never goes. I hope he never leaves. Venger in. Um, <laughs> it, it would be poetic if in a few weeks' time, when, when we play them um, on, on the 30th of April, if we not only win that match, but we increase our lead such that with however many games, I think it might be four matches maybe at that point left of the season, they can't catch us mathematically. That would be just poetic to, to, to achieve that to finish above them with four games in hand and to achieve that at White Hart Lane find the final North London derby at White Hart Lane that would be a beautiful beautiful thing Mark I'm curious and, and, as as a person who also lives outside of outside of the country would would you prioritize be, finishing over them against all other other uh, outcomes no no, I never have done. I'm worried. I've always been worried about us and us finishing as high as we can and finishing in the league position that we've deserved. Because I think there's been a few seasons where we've, you know, we've finished lower than what our performances during that season deserved. So no, I'm not worried about finishing above them. It's no big deal to me. It's all about us. Uh, Mark, just just before we we lost you, we were we were talking about Son and Jansen. I know that you're a big big Son fan. Um, uh huh. How did you think he fared today? <laughs> and 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 whilst we'll we'll, we'll talk about um, we'll get talk about Burnley and predictions for, for Burnley later. Um, if you had to pick one striker to start that match, who who would you who would you pick, or, or would you even do as Aaron suggested and play play them both together? Well, I think um, I think. Jensen might get some starts based on the opponents, and I think Burnley would be real good opponents for Jansen to get a start against. I think that would be a good thing, and maybe sum this up. I wouldn't play them both together. I actually think Jansen and Ali could make a decent little combination. They're both good in the air. I think they could possibly link up well. I showed signs of it a little bit, although Jansen took a shot when he should have passed today, so... I would start with Jansen for the next game. And as for Sun, he actually started pretty well today. Mm. He looked quite lively and he was actually trying to trying to pass a lot more than he usually does. So he started well, but then he kind of faded a little bit. And I think he was the right per he was the right person to sub, but I would have subbed him for Jansen. And I would have brought Winks on earlier. I think it was crying out for Winks in the middle there. Somebody yeah. who was tidy tidy with the ball to give us our possession back and make some more more positive passes as well. Um, Wink also made a couple of uh, real promising bursts in uh, you know into their half as well today, which was good to see because it shows that he's 
his confidence is is getting up there as well. So that was good. That was good. But as for as for Sun, I think Sun and Jansen are interchanged based on the opponents and. It was right for Sun to be in there today. We were playing against a team where the ball's going to be, you know, on the deck most of the game. There's not going to be a bunch of long balls or anything like that to deal with, so we'd probably play the same way. Um, but next four games on paper, we should be winning. Real important. Yeah, it will be a tall order without without Kane. Um... But it's certainly there's an opportunity there. If if there's an opportunity there for for for, for, for Sun, but particularly Anson, um, to to stake a claim or to show that he's somebody that that can come in in the same way. You know, we, we said it before with the, with the fullbacks. We've got we've got that as 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 a fan base. We, we've got that um, confidence that if. If um, Walker's out, Trippier can come in and do a job. Davis um, can come in for for, for Rose. Um, it's about time that we had that sort of level of confidence with the Anson. We don't at the moment, but hopefully there was well, there was there were signs. I mean, you know, he should have passed. You're right, but I was glad that he had a pop. I mean, there was a he, mm-hmm. he he hit it squarely. He hit it hard. It was a that was like a a confidence move. You yeah. Know? Kane does it all the time, and, and and we understand it. We always we also say, "Hey, you should have passed." But I was glad he had pop. The, the only thing I'd say about Janssen is that, that, that there seems to be a conception amongst our fans that Pochettino hasn't given 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 him a chance. Now it's correct that over the last few months he's hardly played, and there, there were there was even a period of time um, where he wasn't even on the bench; he was omitted. Okay. Um, so and that's that's perfectly correct. But all I would say is the first half of the season, when Kane was fully fit, there were times when he played with Kane, I think at Crystal Palace, so they might have started together. Um, he came on the first day of the season against Everton. And then when Kane got injured, there were there were a number of handful of games where he did start. Um, and even back then, he showed what he can do. And I, and I don't doubt for a minute doubt his ability. But he didn't get the goals, certainly from open play. And... The longer it went on, the more frustrated you could see him becoming, the more he was trying. And um, today, and to a lesser degree, well, and, and la- la- last week as well, you could see that he wasn't lacking in confidence, you know, like with this shot. He was trying to do things, and that's good. I like that. But he he needs a bit of luck. If, 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 one, of those, if one or two of those chances fly in the back of the net, then he'll be fine. But if it... If he does come in and it's a, re- it's a repetition of what happened earlier this season, and he goes a few games and he doesn't score, then that that will affect him. Um, it's, it's like with, with, with any striker, you just need you need to hit hit, hit a purple patch of form and, and and hit hit goals. And once they once they start coming in, you know we've seen it even with Harry Kane. Once once it starts to happen, then that's it. it it's it becomes becomes a very good habit. Yeah, I, it'll be he... come for him. Sorry, Mark? I said, uh, I think it'll come for him. He showed, he even showed today that, you know, he's very good at holding the ball up. He's got a hell of a lot. He's got a hell of a lot of uh, vision there in his play, if anybody's really seen him before, uh, that he can bring in too. I think he's, he's more of a team player than Sun is. And, you know, 
once he gets his run and it starts for him, he'll be fine, I think. And how how, how would he get in a team with the way Kane's been playing? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Seriously. Right. He hasn't... T- I think he hasn't done anything to deserve a start, but we need him to be able to start. And therefore... He, mm-hmm. he needs to, to start getting his his minutes in. Um, before I move on to Burnley and predictions, just just one final thing on on t- today. Um, the I've obviously the, the Southampton goal. I only saw it at the time, and I haven't seen any replays. Um, what the hell happened there? Because from my from what I saw, it looked as though we had a goal kick. Larice kicked it out. We lost the ball. And the next thing I know is the ball comes across and Toby tries to intercept it and it fell to a Southampton player. Is that about right? Or Yeah. Yeah. Toby slipped a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it, yeah. yeah, it was just it was just that period of the game at, that, the, at the start of the second half where just, you know, when you get certain periods where everything just starts falling to one of the teams, like 50-50s and all this kind of stuff, and it, it was just... Kind of going that way for him. Toby made a little mistake and it fell right to Prowse, Ward Prowse, and that was it. Yep. Okay. Um, so international break next week, and then um, the week after we 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 play Burnley away um, on the first of April. Um, predictions on that match? How do you see it, Aaron? I've been conservative all season long. Four nil. We're gonna smash them. Okay. Um, very optimistic. Um, Mark? 2-0, goal in each half. They're very defensive, but it'll be a comfortable 2-0. Okay. I'm, I'm, I think Burnley are quite good at home. I'm going to say 2-1 to us, um, simply because we don't have Kane, and I think I think that... Uh, it will be a little bit more difficult, but if we can get get another win at this point, that all that's all that matters. We just need to grind out results, and if we can do that whilst Kane is away, then we'll still be up there when he when he returns. Um, which, uh, depending on which report um, you look at, I think that the, 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 the smart money seems to suggest that he hopefully will be will be back by the sem- um, by the time we play Chelsea in the semi final on, on the twenty second. Um, We've got some questions to go through from listeners. Um, Before I do that, here's Bex with this week's Spurs Ladies update. Hi everyone, it's Bex. Um, Spurs Ladies type stuff. So the girls play today in the FA Cup fifth round. They were one of only two non-WSL teams to still be in the competition. They played Arsenal Ladies at 2 o'clock Sunday the 19th and got smashed absolutely beyond all belief. 10 fucking nil, which is... um, heartbreaking for them they must be absolutely gutted first loss all season to a WSL one side knowing that it's Arsenal as well and to get demolished by that scoreline must be absolutely heartbreaking for them I'm very much hoping the team have taken something from this when you're playing a team that is that far above you in um, ability they had internationals in the squad and of course it's something we're missing the Arsenal girls are all full of now North London is red but I know that for the Spurs ladies, that's not their main side to beat. So I'm, I'm sure they will be absolutely devastated to have lost, um, but possibly not with the same inflection that the Arsenal ladies would have had. Moving on from that, their next game is against Palace ladies, and that's a league match next Sunday. 
the 26th of March, and that's at two o'clock. Hopefully that will go a little bit better because, um, you know, we like our league matches. We tend to do quite well in the league. Um, I've mentioned it before, the league table takes a while to get updated. I'm looking at it right now um, based on the fact that Spurs obviously didn't play this weekend. I'm fairly sure Charlton did. Uh, Charlton is second in the table at the moment. They've played 15 on 32 points. Spurs ladies have currently played 12 and are on 34 points. So that promotion after today as well is still very much within their grasp. They play Crystal Palace ladies who, next weekend and they are fifth in the league at the moment. So, you know, we really should be um, making sure that we win that one. Um, so I will be back next week with an update, hopefully on the Palace game. And until then, have lots of fun. If anybody needs to get in touch with me, I am on Twitter at BunchesBex. Cheers, bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tom Hotspur Family Podcast. Thank you, Bex, as ever. Um, right, uh, let's finish off with a few more questions. And we, we did have a couple of questions around um, the FA Cup um, from Ed Brad and James Park, but I shall save those um, for um, future pods near, near the time that we've got our semi-final with Chelsea. Um, let's... I've got a question from Connor, Connor, Connor uh, Manesso, who was on the podcast last week. I'm actually a question f- for you, Aaron, specifically. He asks, <laughs> which American sports stadiums would you like most to see Spurs play at in a US tour? If I'm not mistaken, I might have read something, possibly this week, that you, that Spurs were going to um, go out, go to the US again th- this yeah. year. Yeah, and I heard rumours about a southern trip, basically, like the southern states. I think they were, I think, like... Uh, Kentucky was on the list or something like that. I, yeah, um, I I think uh, as long as as long as they're playing in in soccer stadia, uh, purpose built stadium, mm-hmm. I don't I don't care. I don't, I'd love to see them come um, to the East Coast. I'd love to see them come to Boston. But actually, if they came to Boston, they'd end up playing on on a, an American football field and. It, that's it's not a good advertisement for the game. It's not a good it's not a good way to see the game. It's too narrow a pitch. And so you know, a few years ago, I got to see them. I got to see Spurs play at uh, Red Bull Arena in, in in New Jersey, and that was fantastic. Small stadium. Um, so I you know small small purpose built soccer stadium around the country where some of the local fans could come out and. And see the boys play right up close. There's kind of nothing better than that, other than you know, actually being at the lane. I should I should probably also extend, although you're not American, I should extend the question to you, Mark, because you you do live in America. So, is there a particular stadium that um, you'd like? Um, a lot of them are really small. I, I from what I see, and yeah. um. I, I, it doesn't bother me. I think it'd be good for them to go to some of the southern states because generally, when whenever teams come here, it's New York or LA. I mm. mean, and you know, th- there's a lot of football fans there. But if we're smart, we should be trying to tap into the other states. You know, we should be starting to tap into there and and get some, put, draw some more fans out. What's, yeah, I'm uh, only thinking selfishly. It'd be I'd like them to be. <laughs> oh no, I, I understand. I'd like them. I mean, the closest to me would be, unless they came to Sac Republic, would be uh, San Jose. But the prices are really extortionate too for these these games. Terrible. Yeah. For what it is. Would the um, 
coming back to something I said earlier on the pod, what what, what would the catering be like at any of these stadiums? <laughs> It'd be proper nacho cheese for starters. <laughs> okay, not not the, not not the shit that I was served, served today. Um, my my stomach really turned after that. I was just really uh um uh just just staying with 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 the US theme a question from Zach Gasnola who says um who has the best Spurs supporters is it on the east coast or the west coast uh it's obviously the east coast there's no question uh i can't even imagine what it would be like to be on the west coast and 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 actually you know support a team it seems impossible it seems like there is literally not a single supporter on the west coast in my eyes Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. In fact, the one time that I've I've been on the West Coast and watched a game, I have nothing but like the deepest affection and, and respect for West Coast Spurs. They wake up, I mean, you know, you could speak to it, crack of the dawn, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes beforehand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of the the Spanish contingent here as well, so they're pretty rowdy. But I've I've seen I've seen good sets of fans on both coasts quite honest you know seattle and portland are real good in those areas too so but i don't know whether there's anybody that's the best there just needs to be more tottenham fans the new york spurs are any are kind of a force of nature that's one that's one thing i will say that just the sheer numbers that come out to every single game um it's the closest that I could pop, like I, I've ever experienced it being like, you know, at, at a at a pub on the on on the high road in Tottenham. It's it's so impressive how many people show up for New York Spurs. Um, okay, question from Ed Brad. He says the under 18s have been well beaten again. So um, we Spurs under 18s played um Chelsea on the first first leg of the semi final was on Tuesday night. I was at White Hart Lane. It was it was a good. Yeah, it's good. Good match. Um, the boys lost two one, but it was um, a good, good atmosphere. And it was good to get behind um, uh, the young Spurs. Um, and there were, what say, two or three players um, that played that that, e- that evening that that looked good. The goalkeeper in particular, because um, I Sterling also played. He um, team uh, he did did well. Um, Guy called Bennett's, um, I was impressed with, um, and then the second leg I think was was yesterday, um, and Chelsea under 18s beat us convincingly. Anyway, Ed Brad says, um, is it just a myth about our great youth setup? Um, we've produced one regular first team player in recent history, which would point to it not being as good as some believe. What's the panel's view? Okay. Do, you want, do you want me to kick, <laughs> kick off with this one? Um, I think that um, look, I, I I don't profess to know a great. You know, I've been to a few under eighteen matches, um, but there are probably people better qualified um, than me. Uh, not probably, almost certainly. If you listen to um, the Fighting Cock podcast and listen to Windy Coys or follow him on t- t- Twitter, um, he knows his his stuff um, inside out. Um, but listening to him. And from the, the little knowledge I have, or, or and, and and watching them, I would say that, firstly, with with any youth setup, it's very difficult to you can get a a group of promising players. The reality is, only one or two of them tend to have the ability to break into the first team. Um, they might be promising at, at a particular age, but 
but as they develop and, and get to the point at which they need to break in the first team, some you know, some will have the mental strength, some will have the physical strength, some some won't. Um, I think that the important thing with our setup is we've produced a lot of decent players, some of whom, you know, Nabil Bentalab, for example, um, and various others, Pritchard, um, Mason, all of these players, um, they've all featured um, some to a great or lesser degree um, in the first team. But the one thing that they've all got in common is they're not there now, but we've managed to sell, sell them on for a good... Um, a good deal, good good deal of money. So we, we've got our returns as a as a financial entity, as a business. It, it's done well. It's it's yielded a lot of money. Um, and occasionally, you know, it, it, we've produced a Harry Kane. We've produced a Harry Winks. Um, so I I don't think it's I don't think it's a, it, 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 it's we failed in 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 any way. I think it's a good setup. Yeah, I mean, I would point to other teams. How many do they have that came up from their youth academies? I don't know off the top of my head, exactly. but I would, I would guess one or two is probably standard across the league. Mm-hmm. But, um, but more importantly, I think it's you know you look at something like a loss in the under 18s. Sure, that's disappointing, especially if you made a day out of it. But Posh promotes really young. He promotes them up and. Um, that's what's that's to me a measure of success, I think, and that's also what um, that's how the the academy is built. The academy is built to that a measure of their success is players from the academy that are training with the first team squad, whether or not they're getting minutes on, on starting or on the bench, that's a different story. But they're training with the first team squad and they're getting chances to play in the first team squad, and I would have to guess that our the numbers of of academy players that we have currently training with our senior players is got to be higher than most other teams in the league and when you look at the names that are set to be joining the first team squad at least for training in the coming season um with you know uh sterling and and i think shane harrison also is going to be getting some some time and you know that that's the measure of success. That's a successful academy. Whether or not they make that quantum leap up to being able to play at the top level, that's as much down to luck as it is down to the academy. I think you can't predict how good a player is going to be from the age 17 to 19. What kind of physical changes they're going to go through. Um, but in the meanwhile, the the academy is doing exactly what it's setting up to do, which is to feed players to the to to train alongside the first team players and if they can make that next big leap then they can great if they can't then they get sold for quite a lot of money right now um as you say yeah i'd I'd agree with what you guys are saying basically i mean how many other how many uh players that came up through the youth system can you name in the the other top six sides well if you take if you take chelsea it's not a lot yeah, if you if you take Chelsea, uh, we were, I was discussing this, this very point today with with um, I was at the game with 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 John Steggles, and we were discussing Chelsea's and, and, he, and he mentioned you know how good their youth setup is and and I don't doubt that for a minute. But how many Chelsea players in the last decade have come through their youth setup and made it into? The t- I can't think of anyone other than other than this is going back a few years. John Terry, if I'm if I'm allowed to say those words. Um, <laughs> Who's the lad at Southampton? Um, Ryan, 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 um, 
Bertrand. Bertrand, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He did he did quite well, but where is he now? He's at Southampton. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think that we've got a good good setup. Um, okay, let's just wrap it up with a few questions. Apologies, I've not been able to get get everybody's question in. Um, bu- 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 bu. Conum, another question from from Conum Manetto. How have we been able to? How have we been able to keep the best creative midfielder in Europe, Ericsson, a secret? No big clubs banging down our door for his signature. The numbers speak for themselves in terms of goals, assists, dribbles, and chances created. Um, and just to add that, add to that, I read a stat some today that apparently, since making his debut for us in 2013, he scored more goals outside of the area than any other player. Hmm. I don't know if that's well, correct, or, or if that's any other Spurs player, or, or if that's any other player in the Premier League, or but that's yeah. That's got to be Spurs player, I think. That's got to be Spurs player. Mm-hmm. But um, well, I think I think it's because we've got a team there, and I also think sometimes stats don't. You know, you can do whatever you want with stats, but look at uh, Dimitri Payet. If you looked at his stats, I mean, before he went to West Ham, he. What, yeah, had the most assists in Europe the season before they bought him. Tadic was one of those two that had a you know a huge number of assists in his stats. But you know, Ericsson is just I don't know. People don't fancy him. I couldn't give a shit right now. I'm quite happy for him to continue doing what he does for us, and nobody will want him. Hopefully, he's happy and we'll keep him. He's been fantastic. He made a couple of passes today. That, were absolutely fantastic, and if they came off, I think there was one to Sun in the first half. It was just like wow, wow. Yeah, I think you have to look at Ericsson, the way he's perceived by our own support, to just see how he, why he's still a secret. I mean, we, our own supporters will will turn on him in a heartbeat and say he doesn't work hard enough. He doesn't, mm-hmm. he he doesn't, he backs out of tackles. He's not, you know, and I think. I, that's a perception thing. He's, he, you know, I almost wonder if it's because he doesn't ever seem to break a sweat. You know, he could run the most on the pitch. His hair always seems dry. His shirt's never, you know, all all sweated up and stuff. I think he's just sort of does it. It makes it look easy and uh, seems to make it look effortless. And as a result, he doesn't he doesn't come across as one of these flashy, you know, luxury players. Uh, he when when in fact he's He's um, he's a tremendous player and uh, and and goes unsung by even his own supporters. I think he, he just he goes about doing his business quietly. Um, today yeah. I was today I was very impressed with him um, and you know long may that continue. Long may that continue that he he he, he does the business for us and people don't know don't notice it. I'm quite happy <laughs> if he stays at Spurs. Um, okay, final three questions. Uh, Sam Ricketts, who do who do you think we should be looking to buy and sell in the transfer market? And do you think there are any players from the academy reserves bench that should play more next season? Um, Marcus Edwards. Yeah, I'd like to see him play. Yeah, uh, I don't have a good answer for this. To be honest, I, this is like the perennial question, and I feel like. You know, in the past, uh, every time I've thought I knew the answer to this question, it's always I've I've always been wrong. There's, the targets have always been um, people that I wouldn't have thought of, and you know, the transfer record right now is pretty good. So, mm. whatever Poch wants, get him. 
I think that's the main thing, right? I, I would like to see in this next season, going to this next season, I'd like to see more of his targets hit um, and fewer of these kind of, uh, well, we, we didn't get you this guy, but we got you this guy, and he's close enough. Um, <clears throat> Sissoko. But, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> other than that, yep. uh, other than that's my feeling about that. No, I'd like to see. I'd, I'd like us to sell Sissoko. I don't think he's the player we wanted. We, I know what we were trying to do with him. We, we, we needed that, that you know, another right-sided attacking player to give us a little bit more balance in our play. And he hasn't worked out for me. I don't think he will work out. He's just he's the he's one of the clumsiest Premiership players I think I've ever seen. Yeah. For, that has gone for that amount of money. But um, I'd like to see us just get rid of him and get somebody else in. I tell you, what I really like is that that Davis kid that's coming through at Everton. Yeah, he looks, he looks fantastic. Very good. Really good. He looks like he would be perfect for us to bundles of energy, creative, fitting really well. But other than that, if I could have anybody, I'd have Mane. I think Mane was who we should have got instead of Sissoko. Uh, He'll never come to us, but no, I know, but. I just think he would be, he would have been perfect for us. Yeah, Sissoko, Sissoko can, can can go out with the cheesy nachos. Um, <laughs> G- I'll tell you, Gab- G- that Gabatini. might happen pretty soon. Yeah, Gabatini, Gab- the Sunderland player, Gabatini, he looked lively before he got injured. Um, I think yep. he looked, 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 looked good. Lukaku, Everton, we've mentioned a few times before. Right, final two questions. Let, let's all laugh at, laugh at Arsenal. James Parr. Does things like Arsenal TV do damage to the club? Yes, and long may it continue. <laughs> Absolutely. Right now it is. Every I thought it was just us that know about it, but obviously I, not. I Everyone think, knows about it. But you know, if you if you knock that on its head, if they were doing really well, um, Arsenal TV wouldn't wouldn't be at fault. So I, I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with Arsenal TV. I wouldn't shoot the messenger or the medium. Um, their fans are just re- retarded. So. Um, it wouldn't think, Arsenal TV, fan TV wouldn't exist if they were doing well. I mean, it would be, it would exist. It just wouldn't be the phenomenon that it is right now. And that's the thing, right? They're they're capitalizing on the misery and the kind of uh, the uh, privileged position that the fans take, which is that they deserve to be in the top four. They deserve better than they're getting, and they're going to whine about it on camera. And if they were doing well, no, none of us would watch and none of them would watch either. They're, it's a total car wreck phenomenon. And I watched the end of, the, of their game yesterday and just seeing their own players walk over to the, the fans and, and, and face the signs that said, Wenger out. I mean, look, I'm glad to see them suffer, but um, I just... It's the wrong message to send. I don't care how you feel. It's the wrong way to to um to get that message across. Don't go to the game if you're that pissed off. But those players, there's no chance that they're gonna they're gonna be able to show up the next day for work and 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 play well for you. They're just gonna be demoralized, and I don't I don't quite see it. So in short, yes, keep going, keep keep protesting, <laughs> keep making those Arsenal fan TV. I'll keep watching. Yep, absolutely right. Final, final, final one. And staying with our our, our neighbours from North London, Rob Wills. When's a good time to say those fateful words? Mind the gap. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. I think now. <laughs> now is as 
good as time as any. <laughs> good as time. What is, now's never going to come again, right? Enjoy Mark, it. You, Mark, are you more conservative and you're cautious and you're. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Been there too many times before. It when sounds... it gets down to five games left. It when it's on five day, when five games left, then yeah. you know we can start start getting a little bit more confident. But other than that, let's just keep worrying about our games. Win our next four. Yeah, I, I, I at the moment I've got to say I, I, I can't resist just just saying it and posting pictures on social media <laughs> of, 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 of gaps. Um, I know it's dangerous and I know it jinx it could jinx it, but that's actually bollocks. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. So um, I shall continue to say those words and I shall continue to laugh at Arsenal um, because it's good fun. Right. Um, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Jav. Thank you, Mark. Deja vu. Thank you. Um, the next podcast is um, we'll, we'll record two weeks today on Sunday the 2nd of April the day after the Burnley match um, as ever the future's bright the future's really white good night in the dirt. Now gather around and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.